Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this week's Cyber Church message. I'm telling you what, I, I love I love the fact that we have Cyber Church. I love the fact that we can talk to people all over the world anytime that we want to. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much longer we'll have this freedom, but I'm telling you this, we're going to use it until we do. Because, you know, when Jesus came on the scene, the very first message that he ever preached was the kingdom of God. Get, you know, get ready, get your attitude right. The kingdom of God is at hand. Then when Jesus leaves, the last thing he tells us to do is to go into all of the earth and, and make disciples. Well, making disciples is the process of entering into the kingdom of God because disciples rec recognize that there is a king and the king reigns and the king rules. And then he tells us the very last thing that we've got to do is we've got to take the, his gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. And so, you know something, that's what we do. We proclaim his gospel of the kingdom, where he is Lord, he rules and reigns. And if we want to participate as citizens in his realm, then we yield to his lordship. You know, I got this, I got this new series that we're beginning today, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the, the immeasurable, the immutable, you know, the unlimited, the infinite. I mean, there's so many ways that you could talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, but, but I want you to understand the goal of this series is going to be talking about the spirit and the power. Uh, there is a power that only manifests in planet Earth based on uh, the Holy Spirit having the freedom to work through people. I want you to remember this. God gave authority to man. And so anything that God wants to do in planet Earth, he has to do through a human being, a male or a female, doesn't matter. But, but uh, uh, we have the authority, but the Holy Spirit brings the power. And when we use our authority to bring uh, our life circumstances, to bring all things in harmony with God, then the Holy Spirit shows up in power, in a manifestation of power to make those things happen. So this is a great series. I've been actually praying for a couple of years about preaching this series. I felt like it was so needed. I felt like it was so incredibly necessary. You know, when I, when I started going to church, and many of you have heard me talk about this, I uh, had, no, had no real Christian background. I'd only been in church a handful of times in my whole life. And, and when I was a teenager, I would go to church to pick up girls. And that was it. That was the only reason I was there. And um, so when I gave my life to the Lord, uh, I didn't know. I stumbled ignorantly into the right commitment. And my commitment was, I will give you my life. I'll hold, in other words, I will hold nothing back from you. And I said, but here's the deal. I remember I was a hippie. I didn't know anything about praying. I certainly didn't know anything about praying in King James English. But it's like, okay, so here's the deal. Uh, number one. I'm not going to play church because I saw, you know, I knew people who went to church, kind of played a church game, 
And then when they went home, they were somebody else. You know, this, this had to be a whole life commitment for me. But then the second thing was I had heard so many crazy things about God that I knew, in fact, that it was impossible that God actually uh, could be guilty of all the things that, that Christians said about him. And so, so uh, uh, it's like, you know what? I'm not going to believe anything anybody ever says about you until I see it in the Bible for myself. So my commitment was, I've got to see it in the Word of God, and then I'm going to prayerfully seek God to see if I can understand it. But I'm not going to believe it just because somebody says it's there. And so, so that, that was where I started. That was my commitment, a, a complete and total surrender, uh, a whole life commitment, not just a church game. And uh, uh, I would read the Word of God, and, and I would come to understand. So part, part of my prayer was just, okay, I don't know if I even have a Bible in my house. Get me to a Bible. I will read it. And that's what I'm going to do. So that was the beginning of my journey. So before I ever went to church, I had read uh, the New Testament and probably had read it maybe even a couple of times. I, don't, I can't remember exactly if you want to know the truth. It's been 50 years. So, uh, But uh, in reading the New Testament for myself, by the time I got to church, the great thing was I had already developed some of my deep core beliefs about God based on the scripture. Now, let me just say this. I'm not saying this be me. I tell you, I'm so thankful for the church I went to. I'm so thankful for the first pastor that I had. I am so thankful that uh, I just think I ended in the right place at the right time, and it really helped develop my life of faith at that, at that point. Uh, now, that doesn't mean everything was perfect. It doesn't mean, you know, that all the theology was rock solid, but it meant that uh, I had everything that I needed. But I would go to church, and I would hear these messages, and, uh, you know, I got physically healed when I gave my life to Jesus. Uh, I had had seizures from years, drug-induced seizures from, from overdosing on drugs, and, uh, um, you know, I've, I've never had another one since, since I got born again. I had several things. I wore glasses before I got saved. Uh, for whatever reason, don't know why, I just suddenly didn't have to wear glasses anymore. And I could just go down a list of things like that that just immediately changed when I gave my life to the Lord. And so I'd experienced healing. I was experiencing communing with God. Uh, you know, I, my way of praying was, was a what I call a meditative type of prayer, where I would read the Bible, and every time I pick up the Bible, I would say, okay, Father, uh, you know, I don't know anything about life. I don't know anything about how things are supposed to work. I don't know anything about anything. So when I read the Bible, I want you to teach me what I need to see. Bring, you know, help me understand how to apply this to my life. And so that was the, the, the way I uh, read the Bible. And man, it was just, it was just phenomenal. So I was hearing the Holy Spirit speak in my heart. I was, you know, I'd experienced physical healings. I'd had all of these kinds of things happen in my life. And I'd gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit. Never heard of it. Had no idea what it was, if you want to know the truth. And I'll go into that later. So, so I go to church. And it's interesting the things that people would say that God didn't do anymore. Now, I didn't become critical of them. I didn't, you know, I didn't get mad at them or think that they were heretics. I just thought, well, bless their hearts. They must not have read their Bible yet because 
There's no place in the Bible that says that God stopped doing any of these things. So, man, it, it was just it was just a phenomenal journey from the very beginning, and it has been for uh, 49 and a half years. So there was a particular scripture, though, that really, really appealed to me, and I didn't understand it, didn't grasp much of it, but uh, uh, this was one of those that I realized that I was called to ministry. You know, when I gave my life to the Lord, I didn't know any concept of ministry or preaching. All I knew is when I gave my life to the Lord, I wanted to reach my generation because the church was not reaching my generation. They didn't know how to reach us. We were hippies. We were druggies. We were musicians. We were the underbelly of society. And uh, uh, really, church at that time really had no concept of how to reach us and how to develop us as disciples. And one of the things, by the way, that church history does reveal, and that is no group of people ever effectively reach their generation and maintain the approval of the Orthodox Church. Because every generation, things are changing. Into re you don't change your message. You don't change the gospel. But you do have to change your methods uh, in order to get the message out to people. And so the problem is, is the previous generations did what was effective uh, in their lifetime. And so as, as they are no longer effective, and then other groups start doing different things, they fight against the people who are being effective. Now, you know, 40 years ago, people were fighting against them. So anyhow, I, I just wanted to be effective in reaching my generation. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, Paul says, uh, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, so, so that's where I wanted to be. I really didn't want to build my ministry on how good of a preacher I was. I didn't want to build my ministry on anything personal uh, about me. You know, uh, uh, there were several groups that offered me incredible opportunities to travel all over America and probably all over the world if I had wanted to, and just share my testimony. And I'm not saying this right or wrong for anybody else, but I'm telling you, it was wrong for me. It was like, I don't want to go out here and I don't want to build uh, a, a ministry around my personal testimony because I want, I want the things that I do to be built around the word of God and the person of Jesus. So in the beginning, I didn't really recognize the fullness of what this scripture meant. I knew that I didn't want to build this on my ego. I knew I didn't want to build this on my preaching skills. I knew I didn't want to build this, you know, on my personal charisma, that I wanted to build it on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But I didn't understand fully what that meant because I, I have since discovered, and I have seen it for most of the last 50 years, that the, the farther we get away from the death, burial, and resurrection, uh, usually the less real power of God that we see in our ministry. And I'm not saying we don't see good things. I'm not saying we don't see the power of God in some way, but I am telling you, I have discovered that it is about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and uh, what all of that involves that really introduces the kind of faith that, that opens your heart in ways that nothing else ever will. So anyhow, let me go ahead and say this. So, so he says, now, 
But I was with you, or I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech, my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Now, an interesting thing, I, I, I can't remember, I think it happened in Corinth, uh, but um, the Apostle Paul preached at places where Apollos, and you can read about him in the book of Acts, and you can read, make, hear some references to him in the book of Corinthians, where Apollos had preached. Now, the interesting thing was this, Paul evidently was not really a great orator. He, you know, but he knew the truth. He, and, you know, he always presented the truth in a very systematic and logical way. You always see this in all of Paul's writings. He always follows a systematic pattern about how he introduces truth and takes you through this process of, of grasping it and coming to the place where you have to make some kind of a personal decision about it. Now, Apollos evidently was a great orator. He was a great preacher, and he could move people. Now, the problem was this. Apollos was not born again, and in his message, he couldn't tell you how to get born again uh, because all he preached and all he knew uh, was the baptism of John. He knew that John said that, you know, the Lamb of God, was here somewhere, and, and he knew that the Messiah was coming, and that people needed to repent, and that's what, so that's what he preached. He preached the baptism of John. Well, here's an interesting thing. Here is Apostle Paul, the most influential doctrinal, theological, ministerial person that the world has ever seen, and, uh, and people are rejecting Paul's message, which is the gospel, and, and, and actually, he functioned in the power of the gospel and of the Holy Spirit more than anybody else. And But people rejected his message because Apollos was a better preacher. Now, Paul said, look, I, I didn't, that's not what I want. I didn't want to build my message. I didn't want to build my ministry on how good my preaching was or, or my personal charisma. You know, when I first got saved, I, I, I remember uh, all the deacons wanted to meet with me because I was a soul winner. And the, you know, what was interesting, I was winning more people to Jesus than they were, but they found out I wanted to win souls. So they all tried to get me together and uh, uh, learn how to do it their way. And I was always like, well, I would try it, but I was like, you know what, I'm just more effective doing it the way I do it. And uh, so that's what I'm going to do because we're going to be less effective when I, you know, when I copy you. But what was interesting was the level of carnality that was implemented in many people that wanted to win others to Jesus or that wanted to minister to people. I always called it the, the, the used car salesman syndrome. You know, I don't know how it is out there in the world today, but man, I'm telling you what, back in the 60s and the 70s, a used car salesman had about the worst reputation in the world because, man, they, they had the gift of gab. They were influential. They could talk you into buying things. But it, but it was, and it was all about personal charisma. It was all about knowing how to move and manipulate people. And so what would happen is when these guys would get born again, immediately the, the church would scoop them up and say, man, you're influential. You need to be a preacher. You need to be in the ministry. Well, the problem was they would get in the, into the ministry. They'd begin preaching, but they really were not on any level that we could recognize they really were not yielding to the Holy Spirit. They really were not preaching the demonstration of power of the Holy Spirit. They were preaching in the carnality and the wisdom of man. 
And Paul said, I didn't do that when I came to you. Then he says, here's what I did. He said, my speech, my preaching were not with enticing words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Man, my heart leapt out and grabbed that as a new believer. I tell you, I was, this is, this is what I chose. And what's really interesting is that word in demonstration uh, uh, of the spirit and power, that word demonstration means manifestation. Now, back in those days, if you talked about demonstration of the spirit or manifestation of the spirit, everybody always uh, saw it in a one-dimensional concept. It had to be a a miracles, healings, or you know something kind of in that external supernatural realm. But the real truth is there are internal manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and there are external manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And the internal manifestations is how that when the gospel is preached, and, and, and not in the wisdom of man's word, but, but in, the, in the wisdom of God's word, and when the, when the gospel is preached and is based on the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, people experience these internal manifestations. There was such a change in their lives that it was, that it was a, a manifest to everyone that knew them. In other words, they change so dramatically. You know, I don't know if you see this. I, I hope I'm not just kind of picking at things, but man, I, just, I see so many people that, that uh, go to church, they're looking for God, and they really don't have kind of that uh, 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 transformation experience that most of us had back when we were druggies and, and, you know, immoral and ungodly and worthless people. We knew that a nice sermon wouldn't help us. We, and so we had to experience a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Well, I want you to, I want you to realize something very early on. The, the church, and I, and I hate to say this, I'm for the church. I, I'm not anti-church. But I want you to understand, not everything that calls itself the church is the church. The church, you know, the word church means ecclesia, which means called out. So the church uh, is, in fact, those who are called out by the Holy Spirit and those who choose to follow that calling and make this journey that God has called us to make. And that, that, that's what the church is. But for many people, uh, they really do not hear a gospel that is based on the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, you know, I, I'm not saying they are or are not born again, but I struggle to understand, you know, upon what are we placing our faith? If we, if we haven't heard the, the gospel and if we haven't heard about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, because you know, the book of Romans tells us very clearly that there are a couple of things that have to happen if you want faith to come alive, and if you want to experience what the Bible calls resurrection life or resurrection power. Number one, you got to hear the gospel of peace. And if you hear the gospel of peace, then faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is based on the covenant of peace. The covenant of peace is based on the fact that God is the God of peace. And, the, and Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so all, everything from who God is to who Jesus is to the covenant that God made through the Lord Jesus to the message that's supposed to be preached 
and and on to what uh, we're supposed to let peace rule and reign in our heart. That's that's almost totally missing from most of what is preached in the church world today. But not only that, we understand that this peace was made between man and God through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we, we're supposed to hear the gospel of peace. The second thing that we're supposed to do, we are supposed to believe in our hearts, not in our mind. We're supposed to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And I'm telling you what, I meet hundreds of people, and I'm not saying they are, I'm not saying they're not, but they label themselves as, as Christians, and they have no concept of what the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is about. And uh, actually, the great majority of people I talk to, their faith is not in the resurrection of Jesus, their faith is in the historical account of the life of Jesus. Now, it's great that you believe the truth about the life of Jesus as it's presented in the Word of God, but I got news for you. The life of Jesus or the, the saving power of Jesus is not in what he did in his life. It's what he did on the cross, in the grave, through the resurrection, and being seated at the right hand of God and receiving and inheritance that he shares with us. And so when we actually know the truth about what Jesus did for us, his death, burial, and resurrection, then we make a determination about lordship. Then do I confess? Do I acknowledge? Do I take ownership of the fact that he is qualified to be my Lord and I surrender myself to him as Lord? You know, Jesus preached the message of the gospel of the kingdom. Well, the, the word kingdom comes from a Greek word, basilia, and uh, the word kingdom is actually a realm of authority. If we haven't surrendered ourselves to the lordship of Jesus, then we haven't surrendered ourselves to the authority of Jesus. Therefore, he is not our Lord. What is he? I, I don't know. And I can't place judgments about those people that that are not very, very explicit in, in their faith about the resurrection of Jesus and about the lordship of Jesus. All I can tell you is this. I've never met anybody that their Christian walk actually worked very consistently or very much like the Bible describes that it should work when they were vague and nebulous about the resurrection and about the lordship of Jesus. I'm, I'm just telling you. So anyhow, Paul says, look, I want your faith to stand the wisdom of God. So, so he wants there to be a demonstration or a manifestation of the Spirit. Because remember, the early church stopped preaching the gospel. They actually very, uh, when I say the early, I am not talking about, you know, the, the first 60, 70 years. But stop and think, the apostle John was forbidden to even speak to converts uh, in, in churches that he helped establish because they were so far off track already. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the epistle of 1 John was written to people who had taken a nosedive into mysticism and Gnosticism in such a way that they, that they were departing from the faith. The book of Galatians that Paul wrote was written to believers who, who really had got into Judaism and mixed legalism with the gospel. The book of Hebrews was, was written to Hebrew believers who had become totally stagnant in their walk with God. They stopped making the journey, and, and the book of Hebrews gives us five very strong warnings 
about what happens. So just, just, I want you to understand something. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, there is no, no one gets born again. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, those people who get born again do not go through a transformation of becoming a new creation. Without the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life, there is no manifestation of God, God's power in us, and there is no manifestation of God's power through us, in other words, in our, in our external lives. And so I'm this, in this series, I'm going to be taking you on a journey of coming back to what you probably already know, but coming back to it maybe in a new, more powerful way about being born again, about being filled with the Holy Spirit, about moving and flowing in, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, about being led by the Holy Spirit. In other words, everything that we can, that we have time to go into about the Holy Spirit working in our lives so that we can not only uh, have the best life possible because the power of the Holy Spirit is manifesting in us, but also we can take ministry to other people that is life transforming because the power of God through the Holy Spirit is working through us. So I just want you to know, this is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be life-changing. It's going to, you know, it's going to probably reconnect you to some of the things that you desired when you first came to the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I first came to the Lord, I expected it to be miraculous. I expected it to be supernatural. I expected to experience and see the power of God in incredibly phenomenal ways. So that's what we're, you know, that's, that's where we're going. You know, I was talking to somebody just the other day, and, and I've said this hundreds of times. Sometimes people ask me, what, what, why is what you do so powerful? Why is that when you preach, it has a profound effect on people? You know, I've had, I've had incredibly successful preachers in America just say, just say, you know, I want to affect people like you do when you preach. Well, here's the thing. Number one, uh, all I ever tell people is really what they already know in their heart anyhow. They may not have put it into words. They may not have trusted it. They may have limited it because religion puts limits on them. But all I really do is remind people, I take the word of God and remind them what the Holy Spirit spoke to them in, in the past. And that's why it resonates. And that's why it's powerful because it's not coming out of me. It's just coming out of the word of God based on the finished work of Jesus. So listen, I'm encouraging this. First of all, if you want to dive into this series and tonight begin, begin taking a deep dive because I don't do a complete overlap in my video series, which are free, and uh, our audio series. And with our audio series, they're designed for people who, want, who are getting very serious, who want to go very deep, who want to uh, jump into that relationship with God in the deep end of the pool and are more concerned about becoming disciples. So if you're really serious about making this journey and you're wanting the Holy Spirit, the Spirit and the power to manifest in your life, then, then you might want to check out the audio series and download it right now. Start setting it tonight along with these messages that I'm going to be teaching you every week here. Also, be sure and check out uh, uh, impactministries.com where we have hundreds, actually thousands of free videos that you can watch that will bless you, that will strengthen you, that will help you in every single way possible. So 
uh, go back and listen to this, study it over again, think about it, and think about this. Have I kind of lost touch with the Holy Spirit in my life? Have I moved, you know, not deliberately, but have I moved at a place where I'm not experiencing and demonstrating the power of God? And are you ready to move back? All right, guys, bless you. I will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.